Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson. And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately. He's got the handoff. You know and it's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we are going to break down the latest film review that The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has done over on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Also going to talk about his other video where he talks about why he thinks the Jets beat is unfairly attacking Zach Wilson. All Zach Wilson all the time on this show. And so, of course, to talk about this, the aforementioned Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant. Luke, thanks for hopping on, buddy. And today it is Christmas Eve here in the States, but it's already Christmas in Australia. So, Luke, Merry Christmas, buddy. Appreciate it, Scott. You guys are always a little bit further behind Australia, and that's okay. That's okay. But no, <laughs> let's talk a little Zach Wilson as we do most weeks. I'm looking forward to it. I love how much bravado Australians have now that Ben Graham has been a successful punter in the NFL. It's like, oh, we can talk all this crap about the United States now. We're ahead of everybody because we got Ben Graham. <laughs> you're not wrong. It's a, uh, the special teams capital of the world is Australia, so uh, you're fortunate to have us. <laughs> so, Luke, let's get into Zach Wilson here. And before we get into the actual film, let's talk about the video you made and why you think that the Jets beat has unfairly maligned Mr. Wilson. I've talked about this with Chris Nimbley on the show. I talked about it with Andy Vasquez on the post game show, and I talked about it on Twitter as well. 
I think that Zach Wilson's answer was fine because he was in a no-win situation. No answer he gave was going to look good for him because it was a very loaded question. And so he gave the only answer that made sense, which was to basically not answer the question. But as far as the question itself being asked, I thought it was perfectly valid, even though the timing was odd because I thought Wilson played reasonably well against the Dolphins this past Sunday. I do think that it's certainly acceptable to ask Wilson about what he thinks about the fact that the other quarterbacks on the roster produced at a higher level statistically than he has so far. And even though there are obviously mitigating circumstances in terms of why that happened on paper, I think it's a question that a lot of Jets fans have. So I don't think it's a question that was out of line. But I do think that the Jets beat has been pouncing quite a bit on Zach Wilson to the point where it's starting to get a little strange, especially as you say in your video, the fact that the timing is off, as I mentioned before, because Wilson played reasonably well against the Dolphins. If they'd done this after a game where he threw two or three interceptions and was highly ineffective, that would make more sense. But the fact that the Jets beat seems to be slapping Zach Wilson around on social media and in columns after he played a fairly good game is odd. So talk to me about this video you made and break it all down for me in terms of what your argument is as far as why you think the Jets beat has been way too hard on Wilson this week. I mean, here's the thing, Scott. A journalist realistically should be getting clicks because their work is good, because they're asking terrific questions, because they're good writers, because they're good investigative journalists. Maybe they're getting scoops. The Jets beat is relying pretty heavily at the moment on clicks based on Zach Wilson stories. Rookie quarterback, New York market, it sells. It's very, very easy so even when Zach had a performance like against Miami, where for the first half, I thought he was pretty close to great, to be honest. I mean, he should have been 11 for 14, adjusting completion percentage over 80%, didn't have any intercept-worthy throws until the last one of the half on a tipped ball. Uh, he was efficient. He was effective. And then in the second half, he was a product of the environment, which you expect from a rookie quarterback on a team missing you know, their first three options at left tackle and their first two wide receivers. So... I just thought the timing, first of all, as you kind of mentioned, was completely off. But even more than that, I just think, you know, there's no way that Zach could have answered the question that DJR speaking to that first. He's not going to sell his teammates down the river. He's not that guy. He's a better leader than that, despite everything we heard in the draft process in the lead up. And Zach's actually played pretty well in two of the last three games. So it's an impossible question to answer, especially when you look at the injuries and some of the uncertainty around the Jets offense. But what I took even more issue with were the articles from Samini and some other publications. I don't, want, I don't want to name people. This isn't a personal attack on the Jets beat, but I had an issue with them coming out saying he showed his inexperience on and off the field because I thought he handled himself terrifically in that press conference, and I thought he played very well given the circumstances on Sunday as well. So, you know, it's disappointing to see it from the Jets beat. It's obviously an attention grab for them. It's all about clicks. I understand it, but you want to be reporting from the right perspective and not having manipulated storylines and trying to force narratives down people's throat, and I feel like that's a little bit what's going on. Look, if this was after last week that the question was asked after the Saints game, I get it in saying that. The Jets were missing six starters still. But, you know, at least you have a leg to stand on. I thought the timing was poor. I feel like the criticism's been pretty much unnecessary. Zach's had five total touchdowns, two interceptions in his last four or five games since returning from the injuries. The arrow's pointing up. It's not where any of us want him to be. But I just feel like, realistically, they're using Zach Wilson as a punching bag for clicks right now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. 
Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's talk about Zach Wilson's actual performance because you broke that down in a 12-minute video on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, and I really think that for anybody that hasn't watched it, you should go check it out immediately. Subscribe to our channel too, obviously, and see what Wilson really put on tape in that game because, Luke, I thought you broke it down beautifully. What I noticed from watching the game was, as you said in the first half, he looked pretty good. Second half, he didn't do great, but again... You have to keep in mind the fact that the Dolphins were throwing the kitchen sink at him with the blitz. This is something that a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL have had a ton of trouble with, specifically Zach Wilson, because going into this game, we knew that the Dolphins like to blitz the most of any team in the league, and Wilson had the worst quarterback rating against the Blitz of any quarterback in the league. And so that's a recipe for disaster. That's the kind of thing that usually will lead to a rookie quarterback like Zach Wilson giving the game away with fumbles or unforced errors in the form of interceptions. That didn't happen. Zach Wilson didn't make any amazing plays that would have single-handedly won the game for the Jets because, as you say in your video, he's not at that level yet where he can carry an offense on his back. But in games earlier in the season, I would have bet money on him throwing the game away with poor turnovers in the second half. He didn't do that. He mostly made smart decisions, avoided the big mistakes, and while it wasn't enough for the Jets to get the win, I thought it showed maturity in his development process. So take me through the positives here that you saw in Zach Wilson's game because I thought there were a lot more than most people gave him credit for. If you want a box score scout, you can easily trick yourself into believing that Zach didn't play well on Sunday. Completion percentage, total yards, yards per attempt. I get it. But realistically, the first throw that Zach made or decision that Zach made that I went, ooh, I didn't love that, 
it was with a minute 30 to go when he was high on a pass to Michael Carter and then one to Denzel Mims a couple of snaps later. But even that was after the Jets were in a first and 20 because he rushed for eight yards but ended up getting called back on a hold. If your rookie quarterback's not making a bad decision or a bad throw where you go, that was an inaccurate ball, that was a bad decision until there's you know pretty much time expiring, I think you can't be too displeased with what you've seen. What impressed me most in the first half was decision-making and the ability to read the picture pre-snap. The Dolphins run a lot of man coverage. They blitz a lot. But when they went into these cover three looks and played pressure and five-man blitzes off of that, he had the wherewithal to understand, okay, I'm going to Jameson Crowder on the right-hand side on a hitch. I'm going to get the ball out of my hand. Okay, it's second and 20. What am I going to do? Am I going to try and force one downfield like he did to Elijah Moore in the New England game against Atlanta? No, he took Jamison Crowder on a little comeback uh, towards the seam. He got 11 yards and you're in third and nine. That's game management. That's situational awareness. It was that aspect between the ears that I liked. And then also, <laughs> you don't want to sit here saying, oh, thank goodness he was completing swing passes and hitches and drags. But he was accurate for the most part throughout the entire game. That has been an issue, and he was significantly better in that area too. As you mentioned, this wasn't the Tennessee game. This wasn't splash plays. But I think it's important that people understand why. Miami's a good defense, but even more than that, in the second half, throughout the entire game, you have Denzel Mims on the outside, who, as painful as it is for me to say, has been terrible this year. You've got Keelan Cole, who couldn't catch and couldn't separate, and they're going against Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, the top three corner duo in the NFL. <laughs> It's difficult to expect Zach Wilson to be a talent multiplier like an Aaron Rodgers, like a uh, Josh Allen, like Tom Brady. He's not that guy yet, and that's okay. We don't need him to carry the burden of the organization right now. We need him to improve with his decision-making. Something I thought was a little off still was his base. A couple of times, Scott, even on really good throws that were on great balls, the dig to Keelan Cole on third down that was dropped, for example, his feet and his base are still leaking away from the throw. What I mean by that, if he's throwing over the middle, his left foot, his front lead foot stepping towards the target is actually going to his left. So that's squaring up his chest and sometimes leads him to sail the football. He overcame that a lot and was still really accurate, but it's something I want to see get better. So that was the biggest uh, negative or downside to Zach Wilson's tape, but it was the eyes, the decision-making, and the accuracy that impressed me the most. I bought JT O'Sullivan, who is a former high-level college quarterback, had a cup of coffee in the pros, and is known now for doing quarterback analysis, made a really good video on Zach Wilson as well. I encourage you to watch that so that it supplements your knowledge of the film that you'll get from watching Luke's video on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. And what JT O'Sullivan's final analysis was is that, yes, Wilson made some throws that he shouldn't have made, made some mistakes, nothing too major, missed some throws, made some decisions that were questionable. But overall, he made progress, looked like a rookie at times, but there were a lot of instances where he showed real growth. And you have to take into account the fact that there are all those injuries and he's playing with mostly second and third stringers in the key spots. So I thought it was a very fair assessment. And I thought that while you might be a little more bullish on Zach Wilson, you guys sort of ended up in the same general vicinity on his performance against the Dolphins. Yeah, and JT does awesome work. I watched a lot of his stuff throughout the draft period, looking at Justin Fields and those guys. And I feel like kind of how we see the position, not that I'm comparing myself to him as far as a knowledge base and technical aspects, but I definitely tend to agree with a lot of his analysis that he does. He, he has a great channel over there with the QB school. So definitely recommend checking it out. The last thing I probably wanted to touch on, Scott, on Zach's performance 
was the narrative, again, that came from a lot of the beat writers in the second half, that Zach was holding onto the football. There were two examples of it. The first was the strip, the strip sack, obviously ended in a fumble, it's a turnover. And the second one was the next uh, set of downs for the New York Jets when he had a sack. People need to understand context. This, I already talked about the injuries. I don't want to harp on that and the lack of separation. But one of them, for example, it's third and 14, I believe it was, late in the game, fourth quarter. Are you saying you want Zach Wilson to throw the ball away or dirt it when you're not in field goal position? You're around midfield, so taking a sack really isn't detrimental. It's not a poor decision. It's not taking points off the board. There's no point throwing it away. There's no point dirtying it and getting to fourth and 14. That does nothing for your football team. You want your young playmaker to stay in there and try and make a play. It didn't work out. He got sacked. I actually paused it and showed it in the video. At the moment, when he got to the top of his uh, drop and he took a hitch, everyone was blanketed. And I don't just mean covered. They were smothered. There was nowhere for them to go. So I think it's about understanding the picture. It's not uh, just Zach holding the football like what we saw from Justin Fields in college where he's staring at a receiver and he's not getting off it. It's situational awareness of understanding. It's third down. It's third and long. No one's open. This isn't a kid struggling to read the football field. It was just a culmination of all those factors. Luke, after watching that game and watching the season so far for Zach Wilson, I was curious if you've seen a major difference between pre-injury Wilson and post-injury Wilson. It's a great question because realistically, I almost want to say the changes started for Zach in the New England game. He got injured because I thought he started that game very similarly to how he started against the Eagles and how he started against Miami. Obviously, he got injured. We didn't get to see that full picture. But that's when the accuracy started to get better. We started to see uh, more confidence throwing the football. I think John Beck has made a significant difference. You don't see Zach steering the ball now. You don't see him kind of throwing these lawn darts like he's just kind of leaning over and throwing it uh, gently, trying to guide that football. You see him throwing it with more confidence and conviction. So I think that's been a change. I think he's been more disciplined with his ability to read and recognize pre-snap, as I mentioned. But in saying that, he's still behind where I'd like him to be in week 15, and that's okay. That's a reflection of the roster. It's a reflection of Zach Wilson. It's a reflection of the coaching. It's, you know, in totality, it affects everyone. It's a rookie quarterback. You know, it Rome wasn't built in a day, and that goes for Zach Wilson as well. I think I, I urge people to remember that it's not just the rookies that are playing worse than a lot of rookie classes have in the NFL over the last five years. It's the entire quarterback, uh, 32 of them in the NFL, have been struggling this year. Passer ratings down, total points is down. We've really seen a defensive revolution started by this too high safety look, and it's really affected Zach Wilson. And has he improved? Yes. Has he improved to the scope we want to? No. The last improvement I did see was in health. He looked so much healthier on Sunday against Miami. The six-yard scramble on third and five, the play where he broke multiple tackles on, uh, sorry, broke multiple would-be tacklers on the uh, the pass to Ryan Griffin off the double pass where he couldn't quite find the laces. He looks healthy. He looks shifty. He has three rushing touchdowns in the last four weeks. That's a positive too. I think they need to utilize him more as a runner in the red zone. But yeah, to answer your original question, there are improvements. There's definitely been tangible uh, improvements in key areas, especially in the mental aspect of the game. But there's still a ways to go. Luke, with this game coming up on Sunday against the Jaguars, what are some things that you want to see that will make you confident that Wilson is continuing to progress in his rookie season? I'd love to sit here and lie to you and say I want to see deep shots and I want to see deep ball accuracy and I want to see this and that. 
realistically, even though the Jags are a poor team, I don't see Mike LaFleur trying to take a lot of deep shots with Denzel Mims and Keelan Cole. Uh, they don't have Jeff Smith. It looks like Crowder was on the injury report earlier in the week. I'm not sure if he's going to suit up either. There's a realistic chance that Mims, Cole, and Berrios are the only three real receivers the Jets have suited up outside of practice squad guys. So I think the keys I'm looking for, again, stay away from turnovers. Don't be the... It sounds like a low bar, but don't be the reason your team loses. When you have a two-win football team with a ton of injuries and a lack of talent, there's a lot of reasons you can lose. Don't be one of those. Make yourself the reason the Jets are in the football game. Be accurate. Make sure that you're making good decisions. I'd like to see some cleaner footwork in the pocket, especially when he's not pressured. I understand when there's interior pressure, sometimes you need to ad-lib, you need to do things a little out of the norm. But when you're in the pocket, I want to see his feet be a little calmer. I want to see more improvement from his eyes and his accuracy. And if he does that, that's all I'm looking for. Please don't kill me, Jets fans. I'm also hoping for a Jets loss as well. But if Zach can play well, not embarrass himself in a, a you know marquee matchup, if you can have one between a two and three win team uh, against Trevor Lawrence, that's a win for me. Luke, anything else that we haven't touched on yet in regards to Wilson's performance against the Dolphins or what you're looking for from Wilson the rest of the season that you want to add? Yeah, I think it's it's probably not something just that I saw on Sunday, but probably over the last three or four weeks. In college, the knock on Zach was that he threw a lot outside the numbers, speed outs, crossing routes when they got towards the sideline, that a lot of it was not over the middle of the field. I think we've seen a lot of improvement with him standing in the pocket and throwing these big-time tight window throws over the middle. I already mentioned earlier in the podcast, Scott, the one he threw to Keelan Cole. He had a couple more on Sunday. He also had a few against the Philadelphia Eagles on these dagger concepts. For people who aren't super in the no-on concepts, effectively you've got a streak, uh, so a clear out from a wide receiver, and then you're running a dig or a, uh, an in route on the back of that. And his ability to fit that in, in-zone coverage, anticipate windows, that's been really impressive when he hasn't had a lot of other great strengths so far this season. So I think it's been pleasing for me because Sam Darnold in year three, in year four, his biggest knock has been he struggles to throw the ball over the field. He'll always find a safe you know, linebacker. I think Zach's done a pretty good job there. And I, I would just urge people to look at that and continue to see that development because that's pretty big, I think. Luke Grant, the thunder from down under, the man behind all the great videos on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. As I said before, Merry Christmas, my friend. I hope you have a very Australian Christmas, whatever that actually means. I'm not sure, but it sounded good in my head as I was saying it. Why don't you talk a little bit about what you've got in store for people on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel coming up over the next couple of days and weeks. And also, I believe you know a thing or two about the gear that is available in the Play Like a Jet store over at tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. I do. Don't tell Alex, my partner, this, but I'm the ideas man behind the shirt. And she, she puts them into action. She's a, she's a heck of an artist. I'll go on paint on the computer and come up with these terrible Photoshop jobs, give her a concept, and then she'll go and do incredible work with her design. She's super talented. You can find Alex underscore can I be frank on IG. Uh, we've got a ton of, of shirts. I'm sure there's going to be more coming in the new year and through the draft season as well. We've got the Zach Says Go Long Range, the Zach the Ripper shirt. Um, really cool concepts. The Quinn and Williams, uh, who's a third, uh, a third backup alternate pro bowler, uh, and John Franklin Myers. Uh, bless you. Thank you. Range the play like a jet logo merch is up there. You can get it on mugs, on hats, on phone cases, on shirts, on jumpers. Everything you need. Good Christmas gifts. If you're not seeing someone until a little later in January, 
uh, and you've got some time, make sure you order it from TeePublic. Um, and then as far as uh, the YouTube channel, obviously the two videos we talked about today around Zach, I've got a piece coming on uh, Jeff Olbrich just talking about the lack of change and ability to adapt, especially on third down. And I know the Jets are short of horses, so to speak, but it hasn't been good enough. So I've got a video coming on that. And hopefully, if I urge them to fire Jeff Olbrich, I'll get the reaction I got out of Mike LaFleur because he's been great since the buy. So let's hope for that. Make sure you check out the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Luke, just describe what's coming up. And there's going to be a ton of awesome content there. And, of course, go ahead and shop at the Play Like a Jet store. Like Luke said, there may be some friends or relatives that you're exchanging Christmas gifts with late. Maybe you're not seeing them until after Christmas, so you've still got time to order stuff. Or if you just want to order stuff for yourself, treat yourself in the new year. Go ahead over to the store right now and check out what we've got over there. Also, make sure that you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.